and welcome to the Tandem Collective Talks podcast. Tandem Collective celebrates books, film, TV, podcasts and more with our global community. We're Jen, Jade, Lucy and Lex, members and friends of Team Tandem. You might already know us from Instagram or TikTok, but if not, it's great to meet you and welcome. We're here to chat to you about what's new in the world of books, publishing and film, interview some of your favourite authors and hear your thoughts on what you're reading and watching at the moment. You can find us at Tandem Collective UK on Instagram and also Tandem Collective Global. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Tandem Collective Talks. Now, you will have established by now that we, as your podcast hosts, all value different elements of a book. Lex loves a good plot twist, the more unpredictable the better. Jen needs a book that successfully creates anticipation, creepy or otherwise. And I love a book that really taps into my emotions and leaves me thinking about it long after I've finished reading. But one fundamental that we're all in agreement with is the importance of strong characters, whether it's a character that we love, love to hate or that just really creeps us out if they're done well they can make or break a book so we're going to be chatting about some of our most memorable characters and later on we'll also be speaking with fellow podcaster danny who is at blotted ink books about her podcast a novel evening where she asks her guests to choose their top five literary characters to invite to a dinner party so lex and jen from your respective lifetimes of reading when you think of standout characters who immediately springs to mind? I feel I'm going to get quite different answers from you both. Jen, I'll come to you first. I was thinking about this, and there's quite a few, actually. There's quite a few authors whose thing is creating really strong characters. So, like, Stephen King, Roald Dahl. But I think the standout character for me is Rebecca in Daphne du Maurier. Because, have you read Daphne du Maurier's Rebecca? No. Okay. So it's Rebecca is actually the dead ex-wife. So she's never actually in the book, but she is constantly mentioned and talked about. And she's in kind of every, every scene. So she's ever present without actually being there. And I love that. I think that is darkly fantastic. I am also getting, because it wouldn't be a podcast episode if we didn't reference this book, Verity works with that. <laughs> Definite Verity vibes, yes. Even the husband in Rebecca, Maxim de Winter, is very similar to to the husband in Verity, yeah. Oh, nice. Okay, any others? I honestly think it might be, and we've talked about this as a group, that it might be like Matilda for me. You just, you can't forget a Roald Dahl character. They become part of your mind and you just, you feel like they never really leave you. I love them. yeah. Yeah, he's, yeah, a master of memorable characters. Yeah. There's a bit in the twits where Roald Dahl is describing all of the things that are stuck in his beard. Mm-hmm. And I haven't read that book for probably 20 years. And I, st- I can still picture the illustration that's on the page and I can still think about the cheese and the crumbs that he was saying were stuck in this guy's beard. And I'm like, okay, great. Blech. <laughs> yeah, that makes me shudder. This we, we should have had a content warning for that. Beard, <laughs> beard detritus. Oh, <laughs> Lex, what about you? Who are particularly memorable characters that you think of? So I had a bit, a bit of a strange list as I was thinking about this. The one that immediately came to my mind is Vanessa from My Dark Vanessa, because she is equal parts frustrating 
and annoying and you want to shout at her and shake her by the shoulders but then also on the kind of alternate she is so easily related to you know I feel like she is there are so many parts of Vanessa that I think so many women will see reflected in themselves in some way so Mm -hmm. I think Kate Elizabeth Russell has managed to create this character from her own imagination but from her own experience that somehow manages to encapsulate all women at some stage of their lives which is a massive feat but then to come back a little bit into kind of my more potentially more expected answer it's got to be Hannibal Lecter from The Silence of the Lambs I feel like there are so many serial killers that are written now that have something Hannibal-esque about them and it kind of feels like he was the the center of this mycelium for how people write serial killers now Mm. he was just such a brilliant character and even when you look at the film Anthony Hopkins did such an amazing job something ridiculous like he won an Oscar for that film but he's actually only in it for something ridiculous like 19 minutes I'm like okay (laughs) when was the book actually written when was the book written mm. got no idea let me, let me look it up I'd say 80s I think yeah that is really impressive I've not read the book I've only seen the film I know it was written by Thomas Harris but 1988 well done Jen thank you but Lex coming back to my dark Vanessa I think you're totally right on that one I think most women there are parts of that book that you can feel so horribly seen and emotional mm. over reading it I remember when I read it there's a, a quote towards the end and it's something like with the sunshine on my face and a dog at my feet I have so much capacity for good and it's just understanding herself after she's come through this horrible time and I don't know I can't imagine anyone not reading my dark Vanessa and not feeling some of that pain yeah, no, I completely agree. And I think, Luce, I know you haven't read My Dark Vanessa yet, but when you do, you're going to have to come back and talk to Jen and I because it is there are so many one-liners, like quotes that had the power to bring me to my knees, mm-hmm. like emotionally. And I, like I read the predominance of My Dark Vanessa the first time on NetGalley in a Starbucks in Southampton which is not the place to read a book like this you need to read it on your own in the safe spaces of your own environment and follow Vanessa on this this journey but um, yeah Luce, once you've read it call me <laughs> yeah it's on it's been on my TBR for a while but I hear really good things about it and yeah those one-liners that you talk about I love writing like that where it's almost like pack a punch and it's like you you read these really powerful and you're just like oh wow let's let's just digest that for a bit and loose to your point about needing to read a book that you won't be able to stop thinking about it's 100% this this is the best recommendation that I could give for that brief strong endorsement I like it. yeah I always feel really weird about recommending my dark Vanessa because I feel like it was really big on bookstagram but it's not a book in good conscience that I can say to everyone, you should read this book. Like, it's a lot. It's a hard read. It's amazing. But it's uh, not like everybody picked it up flat share yeah. stuff. Yeah. I actually remember us having a conversation about it a while ago, Jen, and you making that point that it is 
almost problematic. I, I completely agree with Jen. It is a book that I recommend to almost everyone, but at the same time, I serve it with the massive, a massive content warning. I was just looking for one of the quotes and one of the ones that affected me the most was, how much strength does it take to hurt a little girl? But how much strength does it take for the girl to get over it? And now which one of them do you think is stronger? Mm. And I think that quote gives you a bit of a nod as to the kind of content warnings that this book is going to come with. Mm-hmm. And I think if you are in any way going to be affected by anything like that, definitely do a little bit of research before you jump in, I would yeah. say. Yeah. Going back to both of your points about memorable characters, I think, yeah, Roald Dahl or en- anything that you read when you're younger as well really has the power to stay with you. Like a standout or memorable character for me was... Miss Havisham from Great Expectations because I think like, I've read that book once you know kind of off, off my own back but I remember it being read to me when we were in primary school obviously like year six and I just this whole like the fact that she's almost like a living ghost and obviously preserving this wedding day that didn't happen and the creepy element of her being an old lady just in her wedding dress like that really really stayed with me when I was younger so that would be one that I would class as a memorable character from something I read when younger and then a more recent one and Lex you kind of touched on this with the relatable aspect of Vanessa is Grace from How to Kill Your Family by Bella Mackey and she's obviously like you know a serial killer but I think that that is from an author's perspective it's really clever when you can do that when you can create a character that you you know is effectively a criminal but that feels really likable and obviously she's very witty or the because it's written from first person narrative it's it's very funny uh, you know kind of her her humor really reminds me of one of my my friends sense of humor but as a character I actually really liked her even though you know she's murdered multiple people Luce, you've been podcasting with me and Lex for too long at this point. (laughs) And I'm not sure whether I'm immensely proud of you or whether I'm worried for your future. Let's go with the first one. (laughs) So yeah, good. I think a good mix there. We won't get on to who we would have a dinner party with. I think we can save that for the chat with Danny a bit later on. But thank you for such brilliant character recommendations. Hi everyone, it's Lucy here. I hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. If you'd like to support us further, it's super important to rate, review and subscribe to the podcast on your preferred player. We'd love to hear what you think and which episodes are your favourite. So hit us up at podcast at thetandemcollective.com to chat. Now, back to the episode you came for. Welcome to Danny, who is at Blotted Ink Books. Thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, thank you. This is this is wonderful. It's nice to be on the other side of being asked questions. I'm, I'm nervous. <laughs> well, oh no, don't be. But you know, your podcast, A Novel Evening, we've all listened to, all big fans of the concept. So for anyone who hasn't listened to it already, it's you put to your guests the notion that they can invite their five favourite literary characters to a dinner party, create the setting, create everything to do with that evening. When when did you first start doing it? And what was it that kind of made you want to put the podcast out there? I've always really loved the idea of having a podcast. I enjoyed listening to them. I listened to a lot of true crime podcasts, really. That was kind of all I really listened to. 
And I was like, oh, I'd really love to do something. And I started one with a, a friend of mine is obviously bookish. We did one together. And then we kind of like, we were recording kind of sporadically together. And then I kind of had the idea, it'd be really fun to get to talk to other bookstagrammers to start with, which obviously, you know, I chat to Jen a lot. She knows that we, <laughs> we talk a lot. And I just thought it'd be interesting. You know, I was kind of coming up with ideas. This one came to me quite quickly. You know, you got the idea of like the dream fantasy dinner party, but just making it bookish. And then having like no limitations, like you can pick any setting from a book, you can have authors dead or alive. And then I was incredibly lucky that I kind of approached some authors, kind of expecting to, to message, be like, hi, do you want to come on? And then be like, no, thank you. <laughs> thanks and no thanks. And then they started saying yes, which was incredible. But also I was like, oh no, now I have to pretend I know what I'm doing and do this properly. And yeah, and it's really interesting for me. The thing I love about it is, seeing how different people's you know what they would want there and also when people choose similar characters or similar authors their reasons are so different so it seems like a really nice baseline for starting conversation about books really yeah, yeah. well it's such a, a conversation piece like when people do it all the time with celebrities don't they who would your celebrities be to a dinner party but that has to be obviously current and people who are still alive <laughs> so yeah. I think like you say the added dimension of being able to have anybody dead or alive author or character is yeah brilliant concept and I love that when people then some people have really thought out their dinner party and they know how their guests would relate to each other but some people will pick characters and they'll be like oh how would that work what would they talk about how would you know which is really fun so it's just a different way of, of looking at stories and books really Mm. have you ever had a really standout episode like somebody that you've interviewed and you felt their choices were either really rogue or their reasons for why they would invite their characters were just something you'd never thought of yourself oh you know we've had so many and they're all so different we've had like murder mystery weekends we've had people come on one of ours was in the m&m store which was very strange I loved when Catherine Webber and Kat Doyle came on and did theirs because I felt, firstly, I don't think they'd prepped a lot. And then as we were going, they're like, oh, we should invite this person. I'd have that person. Before we knew it, it was like spiraling. But it was actually really interesting to see how they kind of were like, oh yeah, yeah, I'd have that person. And what about them? Which was really fun. And my neighbor actually came and did one as well, which was probably one of my funniest because that was an in-person one. Oh, and we nice. had quite a lot of wine at this point as well. So that was a really memorable one just uh, because it just was ridiculous. But yeah, I think they've all been so interesting. And I don't just say that. I've been very lucky. <laughs> I love as well, Danny, that as part of the podcast you do, who would you not invite? Because it just gives you a great opportunity to really slate either characters or I suppose authors that you think are awful. Yeah. Do you know what, people are really conservative about that one. I don't know if maybe it's an inherent Britishness that we're like, ooh, we, who wouldn't we invite? But it's rare that people tell... I did have a recording the other day, actually, and for the first time someone named an author, they are deceased, but they were so, like, vehement, like, I would not have that person. I was like, oh, I thought more people would be like this, but generally people a bit more vague, like, I wouldn't have Tories, or I wouldn't have, you know, misogynists, which I'm like, yeah. You wouldn't but I like it when someone names somebody I'm like oh that's bold <laughs> yeah be be explicit <laughs> yeah. yeah it's the hard I think it's the Britishness in this isn't it it's just be like who would you ban from a party you're like oh oh I don't know about that 
my American guests are much better at being very like, that person is not coming. <laughs> yeah. I feel like my list of band guests would be would have to be really extreme because I think my get my list of invited guests would predominantly be made up of fictional serial killers. So if they're on their band list, I'm like, wow, you're really, really bad to not even make dinner with serial killers. Ooh, yeah, no, I agree with that. If you're not, if you can't make dinner with murderers, then you've obviously done something really, really hideous. Lex is an absolute savage, though. I feel like 98% of characters and authors would be on the you are not coming to dinner with me list. Oh, I'm just I'm just very particular. <laughs> yeah. High standards. Let's go with high standards. Yeah, I've also got like a secret wish that I would invite all of these serial killer characters over. And then they would just have like what would be a fairly normal dinner where they're like, oh, you know what, like, I had to get rid of this guy last week and XYZ and it turns out that this type of acid is actually far inferior to this type of acid for melting bones and they would have just like a little kind of tips casual, and tricks. yeah like tips and tricks passing like you know anecdotes about their most recent slasher yeah that would that would be really entertaining to listen to <laughs> so Danny obviously you've had like over 60 episodes now I think over yeah now. which is mad <laughs> And you always get to be the one to put this question to your guests. So we obviously want to have you on Tandem Talks to put the same question to you. So can you talk us through who your five fictional characters would be? What would the setting be? Like, how would you how would you create it? Yeah, so this was really hard for me. And you think I would have thought about this <laughs> several times, but apparently not at all. Setting wise, people tend to go for like the really, they go for like the Shire or Rivendell, like Valaris, because they're all beautiful, obviously. I think for me, I think I'd go to Gatsby's mansion, but like it would actually have to be one of his parties in like full swing, right? You'd have to have the full works because he knows how to throw a party. Mm. Yeah, Which you, would be nice. Yeah, you want very accessible amount of champagne and all that stuff, don't you? Yeah, exactly. For somebody else to pay the bill as well. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, exactly. And Gatsby, you know, he he will spend the money on a good party. So, you know, you're in for, you know, you're in for a really good night. And I like to think when I was thinking about this, I was like, oh, you know, because some people come on with such amazing, like literary characters and such deep reasons. And to be honest, to begin with, mine were just primarily hot dudes from books that I like. But I realised that probably isn't going to make for the best conversation either. (laughs) But I mean, you'd have a great evening, I'm sure. I would. I still will have a great evening. Can I just point out, Danny, that when I came onto yours, I picked Joe from you to host the evening and literally just because he's a hot psycho for no other reason. I'm with you on the hot boys. Yeah, but he's also bookish, right? He's a, he's, he really loves books. So, yeah. yeah. The murdery stuff is just a byproduct that we, we can deal with that, you know? It's fine. I don't have any murderers, though, at all. <laughs> There's no murdering. But my first invite is a really sort of basic bitch one. I'm inviting Cassian from the Akatar series. Okay. Again, just because he's hot. He's definitely like my book husband, like 100%. And he's funny. He's got a nice sense of humour. I don't want to say this like this is a dating profile. <laughs> And I think he'd be fun at a gathering. He'd bring a lot of like humor and levity to proceedings. 
Yeah, and he's got that appeal of like strong, manly, but also wouldn't ruffle too many feathers. So a bit of a like bit of a, a, a diplomatic one as well. Yeah. Yeah. And I think obviously he's very easy on the eye as well, which I think, you know, is for everybody there is, you know, really I'm doing them a favour inviting him. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So Cassian is your first. Cassian. So next I've got Mia from the Nevernight trilogy. Again, she is, I mean, I just say there's no murdery, but she is an assassin, essentially. She's a really bold character and she is quite a hard drinking, smoking, foul mouthed kind of girl. She doesn't mince her words. You know, she calls a spade a spade. And also she doesn't get to let her hair down very much in these books. It's all very high stakes. So I think she deserves a night to just kind of dress up and let her hair down and flirt a bit. I like not- that. That's a very good <laughs> invitation. Like, let your hair down, Mia. Come, come to our dinner party. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think so. And then I've invited... I'm a big fan of, like, kind of musical autobiographies of like the 60s and 70s there's something about that time that I love and I adored Daisy Jones and the Six for that reason I just thought as I was reading I kind of forgot that it wasn't actually a real band and a real story so I would have I've said Daisy that I would like her to come but obviously she'd have to bring the band and provide some music that's a shout yeah who's going to be your dinner party entertainment yeah, and I think she'd be interesting to just sit and chat to, and she seems very cool. I think her and Mia would probably hit it off pretty well. Yeah, and I don't feel she would bring the band in like a braggy in your face way. It would just be like, oh well, of course I'd bring the band to to play. Yeah, for yeah, we'd all just hang out somewhere after. Like I think it'd be very a very relaxed vibe. My next guest is probably less relaxed, but I've gone with Aragorn, obviously from the Rings. Again, I feel like I am very much picturing movie Aragorn in my head, as I yeah. imagine him. Aren't I we think... all? Like, yeah. yes, he, get, he gets a massive thumbs up from me. Please, can I come to the party? That's, yeah. It's Vigo Mortensen, isn't it? In the... Yeah. yeah. So again, a bit of eye candy. I think as well, the thing is with Aragorn is every so often in the book and the film, you see like little glimpses of like relaxed Aragorn. You see little glimpses of like a little bit of humour and a little bit of kind of, and I'd like to see if we could bring out more of that in Aragorn in a situation. I'd like to see whether or not it'd be possible to get him to relax. I don't know if he has a relaxed side. Mm. Yeah, come out of his shell a bit more. Okay, yeah, very good choice. So my last one, I really struggled with my fifth one. But at the moment, I'm reading the Ember in the Ashes quartet. (laughs) I'm reading that at the moment and I've picked Elias from those books again poor Elias doesn't really get much of a break in any of these books he's also he's very hot he knows his way with a with a blade he's very funny at times but he really has a bit of a rough ride of it throughout the entire book so again I think he needs a party yeah I just feel sorry for him I feel like he just needs a bit of a break and to let his hair down and have a few drinks and a bit of a laugh so I'm inviting him. So that's my five. Okay. Good mix there, I think. And all, yeah, I like your reasons for inviting them. I want a bit broody as well. They're a bit brooding. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So difficult question, potentially. So we've got Cassian, Mia, Daisy Jones, Aragorn, and Alias. If you could only have 
well, I suppose it changes the vibe massively. It becomes less of a dinner party, more of a dinner date. If you can only meet with one of those, who are you going to choose? I think Cassian. It's a, <laughs> it's a no-brainer. A dinner date, you say? Uh, yes. <laughs> can I be risque here and suggest both that character and Daisy Jones for a dinner date? Oh! Dinner date for three. Yeah. <laughs> I mean... I would actually, I would take Daisy out and I'd probably take Mia. I'd probably take Mia Colbert because I think, again, she's a bit of a bit of by, you know, by representation as well. Two of us at the table. I think, you know, it'd be, and I think Cassian would be very up for that as well. But I think actually, I don't know if Cassian could handle Mia. I think she's, she's a bit of a, <laughs> she's a bit of a live wire. I know I'm saying that like I could, but <laughs> I, I don't that. think it can handle both of us. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, very good mix there. And yeah, I'm sure the six of you, plus Daisy's band, would have a great Plus time. all the guests that go, because, you know, random, you know, everyone comes to Gatsby's house, don't they? So it'd be big old party in full swing. Yeah, you'd all, you'd all be in one room having your dinner and then there'd be uh, like lots of other people just milling around the house, potentially yeah. walking in. Definitely a memorable evening. It would Can be. we just for one second talk about how conscientious Danny has been? Like how these characters interact with each other, whether they could handle each other, the characters that need a break from their like wars <laughs> and their, you know, fighting. When I was thinking about this, I was like, yes, but who will I benefit most from at my dinner party? <laughs> mm. Yeah, I, like, I took a, a very selfish. I think, you know, my a lot of my I'm probably giving you reasons to cover up my selfishness. <laughs> <laughs> no but they're very very well thought out and I like how you've gone down the, the road of thinking who would yeah, get on well with each other I don't have that list there I can't see there being like fireworks between any of the guests well Just Danny me. is also a mama so she's also thinking who's going to play nicely together she doesn't yeah. have to put people on the naughty step <laughs> yeah I don't want drama Drama at a party is just a no. Like you don't want fights and arguments. These are all people I think would would get on pretty well. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so that's your that's your five list for your dinner party. Now today's episode of our podcast is obviously about memorable characters or people that really stand out to us. Whether it's a book that we read when we were younger or a character that we've recently been introduced to, is there a character that you've read in a book and you think oh I wish I'd been the person to come up with them oh well she she is one of my party guests but Mia when I read her I yeah that is like a fantasy I firstly I wish I'd read like, written that fantasy it's it's so intricate it's so cool and she's a character that is just fearless and strong and just badass yeah, I really, really wish I'd written her because she's just awesome. Mm, yeah, no, she's a good one. <laughs> and then who, oh, it doesn't necessarily have to be from your five, but which character would you love to see on the big screen and who would you cast to play them? So obviously we've got the lovely Vigo Mortensen as Aragorn already, but anyone beyond that that you think? Oh, well, I chose, I chose two different people. Two different characters, two different actors. So the first one is, and it's a little controversial now, but Evelyn Hugo. Anna de Armas is playing Marilyn in Blonde that came out today, I think. 
she is also a you know, Cuban actress and I just could see her. She's, for me, exactly how I pictured mm. Evelyn for a start. I think she's a you know, fantastic actress. And just from the pictures of her as Marilyn, like she captures that era so well. And I know they're already working on an adaptation. So if they haven't already cast her, that's an idea. I didn't know that, that there's an adaptation coming. Yeah. Look, I was like, oh my God, like this needs to be on the big screen. If you're not playing it, then it's an absolute like travesty. It's on Netflix, LJ. The Marilyn. Oh, Blondies. Yeah, Blondies yeah. coming, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, so no, I meant Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo. Ooh. There's no other that being talked about yet, is there? Well, I don't, I know that they've, it's being, it's in the process of being made. And there's, I, they've talked about casting very vaguely. But yeah, I just think she would be awesome. Yeah. And my next one's a bit of a, I think, I feel like people won't agree with this. So I obviously love Jay Kristoff. Empire of the Vampire is a very, very cool book. I think it could work amazingly as a film or as a TV show. And Gabe, the main character, long dark hair, very tattooed, very brooding. So this actor's not the most, I fancy him very much, but he's not the most conventionally attractive chap, but I think he's intense enough that he could play Gabe. And that's Adam Driver. He was Kylo Ren in Star Wars. Oh, okay. I know what you mean about the intensity. Yeah, so facially, maybe not everybody's cup of tea. Definitely mine. But I just think he's got that, like, brooding... Oh, there we go. Yeah, Jen's having a picture. Yeah, he's got that brooding anti-hero talk. You know, stick a bit of guy liner on him. Yeah. Get him <laughs> buff. Long hair. I think he could do it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, well, look, the we're all here for uh, people who, you know, celebrity pinups that are perhaps not your most conventional. <laughs> he's just a very good actor as well he's just very good at what he does and I think if anyone was gonna you know be able to play a brooding tortured vampire he could do it yeah yeah he could do it okay nice yes um, and then have you got a standout all-time favorite character so again not restricted to your five that you would invite to the dinner party but someone that you read and you just thought I don't know, you, you just thought about them for a long time or they're just a, a, a brilliant character with lots of layers and someone that really sticks out in your mind. So I was always a really, really big fan of Jacqueline Wilson when I was growing up. I loved her books. I loved the fact that she tackled themes, especially from the kind of household I grew up in, themes of, of families that were not picture perfect. You know, she dealt with sort of separated families and broken homes and... And I remember reading The Illustrated Mum when I was really young. And the, I remember the cover distinctly. And the main character in that is Marigold. He's very, very heavily tattooed. She's the mother of Dolphin and Star. And I remember as a kid being fascinated with her tattoos. First and foremost, I was obsessed. And then I remember kind of, re it really tackles like mental health and single parenting. It's a really... I read it recently, actually, and it, it holds up really well as a story for, you know, for children to explore those kinds of themes. Mm. But she was a character that just really stuck with me. And as a mum now myself, who is quite open about my kind of my journey with mental health, I'm obviously very heavily tattooed as well. It's just an interesting story now for me to look back on. And she's a character I think is so led. She loves her children so much and tries to create this world of wonder for them. And sadly, sometimes she just really misses the mark. 
she's obviously she's dealing with from what it seems like in the pages bipolar disorder she's kind of navigating being a single parent it's just a very she's just a character that stayed with me for a really long time yeah well firstly big Jacqueline Wilson fans here I think she regularly gets a mention on our podcast but I would love to reread the illustrated mum actually because I think as an adult like you say you you'll come at it with a very different understanding particularly on the mental health angle but even when I read that when I was a fair bit younger so maybe around what, 11 12 the scene where she doesn't she try to tip X over all her tattoos or that when she, she, she uh, paints it yeah she goes in the bathroom paints yeah really really made me sad like when I was younger I remember going to bed finishing that chapter and just feeling like desperately sad after reading that bit so thanks for that I'm definitely going to reread the illustrated mum I think so just to jump in on the Jacqueline Wilson kind of love train you're so right about how the characters in her books can provide companions for children who are figuring something out like the suitcase kid I think I must have read it a couple of years after my parents divorced and reading this book about this little girl who was moving from house to house and back and forwards and all of the things that she was thinking like it's gonna sound silly and it's gonna sound a bit cliche but it kind of made me go oh it's okay because it's written about in books that I'm allowed to read and this is it does feel like a companion and even though that character isn't real the situation is real and so many people go through those things which I think Jacqueline Wilson manages to capture in so many of her books you've now got me like absolutely jonesing to go back over to my parents house and dig out my Jacqueline Wilson collections to do a big reread I would 100% do that oh you, you absolutely should and I like Vicky Angel for me as well was another one that you know dealt with loss and grief and and was so wonderfully explored. Like you say, I think just being able to read situations like that as a kid and realising, oh, it's actually okay to want to talk about this stuff and to want to, you know, be open about it is is completely true. I think Jacqueline Wilson did far more for my emotional intelligence than sections of school did. And I know that sounds like a massive statement, but now that I've said it, I I still stand by it like 30 seconds later, so... Um, yeah, yeah no I agree I agree I think she's she has a lot of a, a part to play I think in how kids have been able to kind of navigate tough situations for sure mm-hmm. okay well, last question for you Danny in our quick fire round obviously when we talk about standout characters that doesn't necessarily always mean that they're positive or that you hold them in a positive yeah. light. sometimes you just cannot wait to get back to a character that you also are gripped by but can't stand have you ever read a character that you just you love to hate or that they've you know they've they're done really really well but they're like truly dislikable yeah so I'm obviously I said I'm reading uh Ember in the Ashes the the quartet at the moment on the last book and Keris the commander in that book is so firstly I was really shocked because it is YA but the book the kind of the violence and cruelty in that book is quite intense. So warning for anyone who picks them up, I was like, oh, okay, we're doing this. But she's so brutal. She's so cold and she's so evil. There's no other word for it, really, the, the actions and the things she does. But there's this really hard bit. I don't want to give anything away for anyone who hasn't read it yet. But she's also a mother to one of the characters and you find out, you know, she abandoned him as a child and then you find it didn't quite happen like that. And it's almost worse that she's got only this, this small shred of humanity within her because then you think, how can you do all these awful, awful things and still have this 
small bit of goodness in you it almost makes them worse when they've got a little bit of humanity left she's so well written she's awful she does terrible terrible things and yeah and she leaves you conflicted a lot of the times she's definitely she's an awful villain yeah oh but very very well written from the sounds of it really well written and she leaves you guessing all the time whether she's going to suddenly redeem herself and do something good. And you're like, oh, no, she isn't. And then something else happens. She's like, oh, maybe now she'll do something good. No, no, she won't. So really, yeah. really well written. Yeah. And fir- firmly in the villain camp. You're, you're not in a kind of two minds about, are you a good person? <laughs> you're, you're pretty sure she's pretty much. I mean, I've not finished the last book. So who knows? Something could happen right at the end. But I'm pretty sure at this point she's not a good person. <laughs> <laughs> We have mentioned this already, but please do check any of the titles referenced in this episode for their content warnings before you start reading them. Please do take a minute to rate, review and subscribe to this podcast on your preferred platform, as it really does make such a difference in discoverability and rankings. If you've got a recommendation for an episode or a book you think one of us should read immediately, let us know at podcast at the tandem collective.com. So to round off, our chat with you today Danny we saw a quick buy round of Shag Marry Kill based on literary characters from books that we've all read would be well just a really funny way to conclude the episode to be honest it happened quite accidentally in a, a chat that we as podcast hosts were having separate to this and we were like this this has to be we have to bring this on to Tandem Talks <laughs> so it's a, a classic but one I'm bringing is Little Women Three Men so you have Laurie Friedrich Bear and John Brooke now for anybody who hasn't read it John Brooke is the one who ends up marrying Meg the older sister quite yeah. sharp, reserved character I think gets a bit of a hard time from some of the other sisters who do think he's a bit of a drip Laurie who's obviously very good friends with Joe for the majority of the novel when they're growing up. He has an infatuation with Joe. And then, spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't read it, he ends up marrying Amy, so the younger sister. And finally, Friedrich Bear, who is Joe's eventual love interest and who she ends up marrying. I think that's actually in Good Wives rather than in the book Little Women. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, out of those three, who would like marry or kill? <sighs> I'm also going to, I'm going to, again, be very basic and I'm just going to pitch them as they are in the most recent adaptation, which I have seen, which makes my decision a little easier, actually. So I would probably snog John. He seems sweet. I don't really have much else to say. Harmless. Oh, thumbs down from Jen. Oh, yeah, he seems harmless. I would probably marry Friedrich. Yeah. He's hot. Yeah. He's has very hot. Yeah. And I'd kill Laurie because I, I, firstly, I just think he's a bit of a drip. And second, I really hate Timothy Chalamet. So I haven't seen the most recent adaptation. I'm still, when I think of Laurie in my head, I'm still thinking of a very young Christian Bale. Oh, that's even better. But yeah, I, all I can picture is Timothy. And I really am not a fan. Sorry, Timothy, if you listen to this, but I really yeah. don't like you. <laughs> so I picture him and I'm afraid I would kill him. He'd be the one to get the boot. He would. Jen, what what's your what are your thoughts? Well, you know that I'm gonna have to kill the one that's a bit of a drip because I can't cope with weak personalities. I'll marry the hottie with the books and shag the other one. Yeah. Even though he's married your hypothetical younger sister. Yeah, fine, whatever. 
Yeah, bit fan drama. All good. Um, Lex, what about you? Jen has actually stolen my approach. That was going to be my go-to. Like, I feel very much the same about anyone who is ever described as a drip. No, cannot have you drip somewhere else, please. Thank you. Yeah. And then I'll take I'll take books any day. Books and the hot one. Yes, please line me up. Okay, good mix of answers there. So our next one, Lex, I believe you've got our suggested characters. Yes, so I ha- you've got more options to work with for this one. But, Danny, please, I would like a Shag Marry Kill for any of the Cullen family. Ooh. So lots to play with here. That is. Okay. I'd probably shag Edward Cullen. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, I find him quite problematic as a human being. However, he is very attractive. So I think I'd sleep with him and then probably just not call him back after that. <laughs> I think it'd be a fun one night thing. Sure. <laughs> I'd probably marry Carlisle. I feel like we've all been sleeping on Carlisle Cullen. And maybe it's because I'm 30 now. But now when I watch it, I'm like, yeah, you know, he's... He's handsome. He's a doctor. He clearly loves his family. He loves his wife. But, you know, he's got he's got money. He's got a lovely house in the woods. So I'm thinking pragmatically here. He's got none of the weird, tortured teenage stuff Edward has. Yeah. So I think I'd marry him and kill. I described Carlisle yesterday to Jen as Daddy Cullen. And Jen was like, yes, I'm sold. He's got mad daddy vibes. Which is so icky, but he really does have those vibes strong. And then kill. Uh, actually, I do find the rest of the Collins really irritating. I probably, oh, I probably go Rosalie actually, especially in the last books when she gets that weird like mother complex thing going on. Yeah, she just becomes a bit judgy, a bit sour faced. Mm-hmm not a fan of the judgment also she's got that weird thing with Bella that all just gets a bit weird yeah no I'd probably kill her see I was going to kill Rosalie for all of those reasons mm. and the redeeming factor was the fact she goes back to f- with her ex-husband who let the guys kill her yes, that was the that's very like, yeah. true that's like, okay very you true, could actually. stay for that sole reason who would you kill then who would you have killed out of the it's very easy for me. It's Bella, 100% dead. Oh, see, I didn't count her as a Cullen. That oh, was sorry, case. sorry. That I would absolutely kill Bella in that instance. I was thinking like the direct, not, you know. Sorry, yeah, I was including by marriage. And yeah. Oh, then so... absolutely her. Absolutely her. <laughs> I'm but I also potentially... Oh, my... I've got Bella as my shag. No. Oh, no. Yeah. No. Shag Bella, marry Daddy Cohen, kill everyone else. That's quite upsetting, actually, if I'm honest with you, Jan. <laughs> okay, so I I would kill either Bella or Edward because I just can't handle the misery. <laughs> that's why I... Edward just needs a really good shag. That's why. That's Okay, that's so you theory. think you could I'm shag gonna, him I'm out of his misery? Him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I would 100% go to bed with Emmett. He, yep, that's fine. That kind of like brash like I I don't even want to yeah like I'm not sure why but that is working for me and marry you know maybe um, yeah I think it's got to be daddy Carlisle I would marry 
marry him. He's got all the signs of a good husband. Yeah. Luce, what's your vibe? Yeah, I think I would shag Daddy Cullen. <laughs> Ooh. Because, well, yeah, the, 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 the appeal's definitely there. Figure of authority, you know, I think that's that's what I'm that's what I'm getting from from him. I feel like I'd marry Edward only because I feel like I could save him and I like a project. So you know, I feel I feel oh, oh. that could go well. We're surrounded by I can fix him mentality. I was gonna right say now, how many of our friends are we heard be like, I just feel like I can be the, you know, I can be the one to save him. Yeah. Like, oh god, yeah. no. <laughs> and then I think. Who said they would kill Rosalie? I think I agree with you. Yeah, on- I started with Rosalie and I didn't realise Bella. I'd kill both of them. Sod it. You could, I could yeah, do what I like. Neither of them are really bringing much to the table, are they? They wouldn't get a dinner party invite. No. No. Okay. I'm a little nervous about who Jen's picked. I won't lie to you. So my selections are from Wizard of Oz. We can't have Dorothy because she's an actual child. So we've got the Wicked Witch of the West, the Cowardly Lion, or Oz the Great and Powerful. What are you saying, Danny? Oh, this is really hard. I think I know what Lex is going to say. Lex, have you got your choices? The thing is, the, the Oz, Wizard of Oz is not actually that nice, is he? Like, when we actually go and see him, he's... he's So, right, I'm probably going to kill him. I'm probably going to work in reverse here. So I'm going to kill the Wizard of Oz, because he was a complete letdown, wasn't he? Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with my Edward Cullen theory, and I'm going to shag the cowardice out of the lion... He is the cowardly lion, but also, you know, he's a lion, so there must be something within him that's, yeah. as I say, a bit animal. But anyway, and then, yeah, I'll marry the Wicked Witch of the West because I think we'd be a power couple. I love it. <laughs> Lex, what are you saying? Yeah, it was very similar to Danny, actually, for slightly different reasons, I think. I think let's kill the Wizard of Oz because he's irrelevant he's not important he's not the star of the show and then I think you know what I've got my heart set on the Wicked Witch of the West so I think the lion is kind of just a means to the end so we'd shag him get it over and done with not don't really think about it and then I would you know spend my long days in a castle with the Wicked Witch of the West you know I'm a huge Wicked fan so the fact that she is actually Elphaba I'm like great we can just sit in our castle and be like miserable and together that's fine I'm, sounds dreamy I love that Luce what are you going with so I think I would shag the Wizard of Oz again I know he's a letdown at the end of the book but you know it's it's the figure of authority thing you know to be able to say I've shagged the Wizard of Oz I think that would be my reason and then I think I would kill the Wicked Witch of the West I know sorry yeah I'm getting lots of shocked faces here and I think I would marry the lion because to go back to Danny's point, yeah, I feel that he's got, I feel there's potential. And also I really, I love big cats anyway. Right. They may have described big cats as, um, we'll go with sultry in the past. <laughs> oh, sultry. Okay. Well, now it makes perfect sense. <laughs> so I'm, I'm going a bit different to you. So I'm going with, Obviously, I'm going to marry the Wicked Witch of the West because she's probably my soulmate. We can share wardrobes. It's going to be perfect. I'm going to shag Oz the Great and Powerful. He's a bit of a douche, but probably tolerable. And then I'm just going to get rid of the Cowardly Lion because like our earlier character, he just seems like a bit of a drip. Oh, that's fair. Okay, I did think of one. I'm not sure how you all feel about it. Obviously, I love Lord of the Rings. 
big Lord of the Rings fan. So, but I'm not going to go for like the obvious Lord of the Rings. So it's Shag, Marry, Avoid, Gandalf, Gimli, or, I mean, I was going to Merry or Pippin because they're kind of just interchangeable, aren't they? <laughs> but we're going Merry. So Merry, Gimli, or Gandalf. I feel like Shag Gandalf, again, clearly I, I it, what's coming out of this is that I have a thing for wizards, given that I'd shag the Wizard of Oz and Gandalf. <laughs> I think I would kill, oh, I don't know. Lu Lucy, why are you hesitating? Merry and Pippin are children. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'd, yeah, I'd marry Gimli then and kill, kill off the other two. But I feel bad because I do feel that they bring something to the table. They're not like you know, nothing, nothing characters. Before I like, before I was, you know, found actual grown men attractive, I really fancied Pippin from Lord of the Rings for a really long time, <laughs> which says a lot about me, but I, I, I stand by that. He's a handsome chap. Yes. It's a little sad that you'd kill them. Mm, yeah. I feel, I'd kill them, but I, I don't feel good about it. You know, I'm not, I'm not emphatic in my decision. No, I'm pretty emphatic about it. I feel like I would marry Gandalf because I feel like if you don't want somebody who can make dragons out of fireworks, then why don't you? Shag Gimli because he's kind of got a bit of an animalistic... He'd be enthusiastic, you know. I think, if nothing else. Yeah. Enthusiasm. Yeah. And I feel like Merry and Pippin couldn't grow a hair on their chin let alone a hair on a hair on their chest. So not not for me, man children. No. I am completely with you, Lex. That was a hundred percent my thinking. Although I did also think marry Gandalf because if I don't want to wash up, you can just magic it away. But yes, I'm I'm there with you. So great great choice of reasons and responses there. I, I feel like the rest of my day is just going to be spent thinking of other shag, marry, kill scenarios. <laughs> we need to have a WhatsApp group that we just drop these into. Hey, listeners as well, if you have any other suggestions for shag, marry, kill with characters, please do email them into us at podcast.thetandemcollective.com. But Danny, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been so lovely and hilarious chatting to you. <laughs> thank you so much for having me. This has been a, this has been a lot of fun. <laughs> And for everybody listening, you can catch Danny's podcast about the characters her guests would invite to their own par dinner parties at a novel evening. Thank you. Bye. 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 As always, we're open to your feedback. So please do hit us up at Tandem Collective UK on Instagram or using the hashtag Tandem Collective Talks. If there's anyone, content creator-wise, industry superstars or your favourite author that you think we should feature on the podcast, then let us know. Bye. Bye. See you later. Bye.